Welcome to 45 Forward, the beginning of the rest of your life. Each week, host Ron Ruel and his guests discuss topics of interest to many listeners in their 40s and beyond, including retirement, caring for aging parents, health, lifestyle, and more. It's time to think ahead to the next half of your life, and we'll help you plan it with ease. Now, here is Ron Roel. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of 45 Forward, where our mission is to help you, our listeners, from Los Angeles to Long Island, age successfully, making your second half of life even better than the first. Planning for retirement triggers all sorts of thoughts, excitement, hope, expectation, and yes, a dose of anxiety. We worry about financial security. Did we save enough? But we're often not prepared for the emotional and social impacts of this major life transition. In today's episode, Leah Frankel, who has created the entrepreneurial role of retirement journey advocate, offers a sharp and refreshing perspective on how to prepare for this next chapter of life. Whether you want to launch a second career, have a side job or hobby, volunteer, travel, or just sit back and relax, Leah will guide you and support you through this a stress-free workplace exit, prepared for a new identity and fulfilling experiences. Leah herself retired three years ago from a highly successful 30-year career with L'Oreal, and in the process discovered how to transfer her skills and talents into a meaningful second act and guide others how to do the same. In today's conversation, Leah will explain her simple three-step process for leaving a long-time career, a common-sense approach that combines attention to administrative and procedural details, along with the strategic goals and priorities, and a focus on often undervalued social and emotional concerns. She'll also provide a list of seven key tips and insights to start your retirement journey, from creating a list of hard and soft skills, to adapting from corporate structure to flexible time schedules, to creating new relationships and social networks. Finally, drawing from her own personal experiences, Leah will talk about the importance of finding fulfillment, not just happiness in retirement, and what that means, and finding ways to continue making a difference, imparting your legacy, experiences to the next generation, and feeling that life is important and meaningful. So now let's meet our guest, Leah Frankel. Leah, welcome to the show. Ron, thank you so much for such a nice introduction and for inviting me here to speak with you today. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you. Real pleasure. So you have your own unique journey on how you got to where you are now to what I think is really an interesting term you've coined, a retirement journey advocate. But but before we talk about that journey, uh, tell us, you know, just give us a sense of um, what do we mean by a retirement journey advocate? Because it's an interesting term. Each one of them, the retirement and a journey and advocacy have really a, a significance to them. So give us a little sense of what that means. Well, I think the way that I can really explain it is that when I was exiting my own career, I realized how important it was for me to be an advocate for myself and how important it really is for people to advocate for themselves as well. As a retirement journey advocate, I work with the 50 plus audience, with people who have retirement on the horizon, as well as people who are already retired. What I do is I help them create a unique and straightforward roadmap from the workplace to retirement that involves the three specific sense you brief, uh, steps that you briefly mentioned and which are uniquely uh, tailored to their specific needs. And I will be speaking about those a little bit later in our conversation this afternoon. Okay, great, great. So tell us now what it was like for you as you planned to leave your career. What, what was that like? 
That was an interesting journey, I definitely have to say. I worked for L'Oreal USA for 30 years. It was a very, very exciting journey uh, for me personally and professionally. I started out as an administrator in one of the large divisions of the company, and I was very, very excited and happy to have been promoted along the way in um, a variety of capacities. As directors of specific departments, I served in several divisions of the company, from prestige fragrances to consumer products and professional products. And when I completed my career in 2018, I was the assistant vice president of sales operations for the multicultural beauty division. And I had realized about two years before I exited the company that a lot of people who I had started working with 28 years before were starting to announce their intention to retire from the company. And it really started me thinking, and I was saying to myself, when am I going to make that decision to make that giant leap and leave the company? And that was a very, very thought-provoking process for me. And I had decided after seeing certain things that I wanted to make sure that I would make it through to 30 years in the company. Mm -hmm. And that was the goal that I had as far as... Um, the timing when I decided to retire. And I started to also think about what I was going to have to accomplish from an administrative perspective when I was leaving along the way, who I was going to have to speak with to make sure that whatever I was entitled to and whatever I earned throughout those 30 years was going to go with me when I left. And I'm a pretty operational and procedurally focused person. And I was able to really take all of that into consideration and, you know, create certain checklists so that I wouldn't miss a beat. And I felt very, very comfortable as I was going through the process that I was going to be able to capture everything that I was entitled to. The third thing that was at the top of my mind when I was going through this process was the identity and socialization piece, which you mentioned a few minutes ago. Mm -hmm. I had always been associated with being the assistant vice president of a department as I moved on in my career. And even when I would see my friends during the weekends or in a social situation, they would always ask me about my career and what was going on with me professionally. As I started to think about leaving, I said to myself, well, once I'm out of here, who am I going to be? Mm -hmm. What are people going to call me? Am I really going to still matter to anyone? Am I going to provide value to anyone or anything? What kind of contributions am I going to make? What about all of the skills and talents that I acquired both in life and in my career? Am I ever going to use any of that again? And also from the socialization perspective, while I wasn't best friends with people that I worked with in the company, I still socialize with them, obviously, in the office, during lunch. You're there for so many hours during the day. And I started to think about, well, who's going to become my social network once I leave? Who am I going to associate with? If the people that I'm used to being with are still working, what am I going to do? So all of those things were running through my mind. And that's when I started to take other actions involving the socialization piece, which I mm -hmm. can, you know, chat about a little later. Right. But that was that is an extremely, extremely large concern 
and something that people who are leaving the workplace and going into retirement really need to think about. Yeah, absolutely. So you've actually sort of, you know, just outlined the three steps. So the first one is the the decision to retire. Exactly. The second is the proceed taking the procedural and administrative steps. Mm-hmm. And then the third is the emotional and social aspects. And right. And I think it's um as you've mentioned to me in our previous conversations, it's 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 particularly this third one that I think people really don't think about. I mean, you you th- you know you do you think about the when retirement planning, you think about okay, that means you know, will I have will I have saved enough money? People really get that piece of it, and even they can figure out the procedural things. Okay, what's my pension or my where's my four hundred one k? But the the large piece, the, you know, the mental piece of of going to this next chapter is is really big. And it really, it's going to be with you. And I think that, um, you know, you've pointed out that, you know, we Americans in particular um, put a large, you know, place a large piece of our identity on our work. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and you may, you know, retain some aspects of that identity as you leave. But I think it's, it really, you've, you've hit a couple, on a couple of really important points, which is, you know, who am I and what will people think of me? And I, and some of this, I remember, when I left, uh, you know, my job as a editor, a newspaper editor, um, uh, and you go and you leave and you become, uh, you know, uh, an independent writer, you know, it's still like you're not part of an organization and people go like, mm, who are you really now, you know? And so th- this this piece um, is is a really key one. Um, so we'll, we'll get back to the socialization piece, but but in terms of, you know, looking at at, at what you're going to do in retirement in this period, whatever we call retirement, um, you often talk about you know the difference between happiness and fulfillment, and of course they're not necessarily mutually exclusive; they can be overlap, but there is a difference. You know, I often you know talk about people are on this uh, you know search for the fountain of happiness, <laughs> and you may never find it like the fountain of youth. So so talk about that and talk about your your view of fulfillment. Fulfillment and fulfillment was what I was really searching for, um, as you mentioned, when I was getting ready to leave. Of course, I was looking for the happiness piece. But what I wanted to do was I wanted to do several things that really started to come to light as I was moving through the process, you know, moving from the workplace to retirement. The first thing that I wanted to do was I wanted to leverage my skills and talents that I acquired during my life and my career. I spent 30 years in a very large corporate environment, and I also went to school at night and got my MBA at the same time that I was working. So I really spent a lot of time, you know, working to make myself better, let's say. And I kept thinking to myself, well, once I leave the workplace, where does all of that go? How do I still utilize that? Because that would, that would make me fulfilled. That would give me a sense of purpose. That would make me feel as if I was making a contribution, that I was providing value. And the two most important things is that I was going to be using, you know, I was going to be using my success to help others. And I was going to make sure that whatever I was doing was going to make enable me to see that I mattered. Mm-hmm. I was really thinking when I was still working, when I leave here, will I matter? And mm-hmm. that to me, you know, is a big deal. When people talk about ageism, um, which, and that term I really don't particularly like, I think it really comes down to 
do we still matter once we leave our careers that we spent so much time in? And that is what made me feel as if I was going to be fulfilled. I knew that I was going to, I was starting to think about how I was going to leverage those skills and talents that I that I learned all during my life and my career. I knew that I wanted to use my success to help others. I really feel that people who have been successful in their professional and personal lives are obligated to help others. And I knew that I was going to do that. I knew that I was going to be able to provide value and um, continue to make contributions. So what I did was I said, since I went through this entire journey on my own, Procedurally, being procedural and organizationally sound is something that is something I'm very good with. I wanted to use that. So I said, let me utilize everything that I've learned and become a retirement journey advocate so that I can use all these skills that I gleaned and I would be relatable to my clients and I would be somebody that they would trust. That's another big piece. I would be relatable and somebody that they could trust. I've also... Um, during my career, I did a lot of presentations and I'm mm-hmm. used to presenting in front of audiences and putting together um, documentation and things that make sense. And I enjoy writing. So everything that I do now in terms of my business, I pretty much author myself and I'm using those talents. I've done some part time teaching in math because when I was working, analytics was one of my fortes. So mm-hmm. that's something else that I'm doing. And as far as using my success to help others is concerned, I have been a keynote speaker at several women's conferences and at schools of business administration locally. So there's an opportunity to use your success to help positively influence others. And that I think. Um, is really, really important. So all of that combined has enabled me to really feel fulfilled, which again, is something that is much more long-term and I have been enjoying every minute of it. Great to hear, great to hear. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, having that sense of purpose, that sense of, 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 of mattering in life is really critical to, you know, I think that people talk about, you know, uh, experts talk about, you know, when they look at, at longevity and they look at healthy aging, you know, if people lose that after they leave their job, then their their literal um, decreases in, in their lifespan. So I think it's, it's, it's an actual correlation to that sort of um, uh, phenomenon. I also think that, that you talked about ageism, and I think that's true that when people, you know, uh, feel badly about getting older, it's basically because they often term seniors use as they feel invisible and they don't matter. So they don't matter in life. And of course, that's not true. But I think it, it takes some doing to figure out why you matter. And I think that that's not something people are going to lay out in front of you. You have to make, as you say, you have got to advocate and you have to advocate for yourself. But, um, but that's something, sometimes people need tools, they need help. And I think that's where you come in. You can help, help them define what they need to do. Um, so um, I think that uh, I'm going to shift now a little bit. Uh, we just have a couple minutes before the break, but um, let's talk a little bit more about um, socialization and uh, we'll probably uh, carry that on the other side of the break. But, but this is something that I think that we, we've talked about a lot uh, and it's something, but it's as you leave work and as you leave other, uh, as you get older, there is a natural loss of socialization. Um, so, um, what I'd like to talk about, 
uh, shortly after the break is basically how do you rebuild these networks? You know, it, it's something that's not, again, you need to be proactive about it. Uh, you need to really um, figure out how to, how to make up for the losses in your life and move forward. Um, uh, so uh, I'm going to just uh, uh, stop right at this moment. We're going to take a short break right now. Uh, but when we come back, we'll talk more about that and much more to come with Leah Frankel. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. A brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired, create your own story to share, and change your life for the better. Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input, too. Listen for Brave Hearts Radio, Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. You're listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Rowell or his guest on the program, Please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward. Welcome back, folks, where we're talking today with Leah Frankel about her own retirement journey. And as she's used her experiences as a retirement journey advocate to help others who transition to their own retirement years. So before the break, I was talking with Leah about uh, the issue of socialization in retirement. Often a problem is we leave the workplace and you know the, the natural course of life, we end up losing people in lots of ways. So how do you rebuild your social network and, and when should you start? Well, from my personal experience, and I think that this is a good guideline to follow, don't wait until you're out of the workplace to start to think about this or even start to plan about planet. When I was still at work, I started to think about what I was going to do afterwards. And yes, I'm probably a little bit more of a planner, perhaps than most. But I did start to think about who I was going to be connecting with, both socially and professionally. So what I did was when I was zeroing in a little bit more on what I was going to do, and I had decided that there was going to be some sort of an entrepreneurial post-career business um, aspect to my life, I started to connect with people outside of my company who had similar interests as I did and who were entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I always envied when I was working full-time was not being able to have my own business. I was always a little bit envious of people who were able to do that. And so the logical thing for me was just try to connect with people who had their own business so I could get some input and feedback from them. So the first thing that I could recommend to people is if you try to start to think about what you want to do post-retirement, 
if you want to make those retirement goals, and that's a separate conversation that I would have, you know, in terms of one of my um, online classes or something to that effect, if you start to think about what you want to do post-retirement, try to seek out people who are in a similar situation. There are meetup groups that you can uh, utilize online. And I have to say that the COVID environment has really made online communications and contacts um, paramount. And that is the way a lot of people are still connecting. I would go to some, I would uh, take advantage of something like that. I would try to get involved with as many online groups as possible, Mm -hmm. because that's how you meet people. Even if you don't necessarily engage with them in a meeting, you can take note of who they are based on their name on the screen and try to contact them afterwards. Uh, That would be another way to engage with people. Another way to do it is join a book club or something like that, where you can get to meet and converse with people who have a similar interest as you do in terms of reading. But the main thing that I would suggest to you is try to start this early on. Another thing to do is, you know, from a social media perspective, there are a lot of um, online groups that have health and wellness Uh, people who are joining walking groups and things of that nature. You can certainly participate in many of those. There are many, many outlets. If you start early on, by the time you leave the workplace, you will have the start of a network of people who you can associate with either online, in person, socially, and professionally. Right, right. So what you're saying essentially is, uh, you know, look for things uh, that you're interested in and then you'll find the people who are also interested in those things and then you'll find them. So exactly. It's, right. Right. So how soon should you begin doing this? One, one of the things you mentioned is, you know, all right, as you're, th- well, you, you deal with people who are both in retirement and think about retirement. Mm-hmm. If you're thinking about retirement, how soon ahead should you be thinking about this when you're in your job? I would say certainly from a, I want to connect with other people perspective, I would start doing that maybe six months out. Mm -hmm. What you don't want to do is wake up the day after you, you know, turn in your ID badge and wake up and say, I have nobody to talk to. I have no one to have coffee with. I have nobody to walk with. I'm sitting here by myself and I'm lonely and bored. You don't (laughs) want, you don't want to be that you know, once you leave work. So I would say if you start doing this six months out, by the time you're getting ready to leave, you should have a couple of people with whom you can carry on a conversation, engage with either in person or online, or you and you could hopefully have developed um, a new social and professional network so that you don't feel isolated. And as and like you have nobody to talk to. So I would say six months for that would be a good timing. Right. Great. Great. So we, we have the, the three general steps to think about uh, making the transition. You have a, a very uh, good uh, list of about seven questions to think about more specifically as people start to plan. Yes. Um, so why don't you run through those? They're an interesting, interesting list. And when we're done, uh, uh, we'll put this list up on my mobile resources website so people can find it again and, and w- as well as your resources as well. Okay, Um, so let me start with the first one. And just as a note, what I'm going to talk about here uh, can be applied to people who are thinking about retiring or in retirement, as well as people who are working for um, organizations or companies or have their own businesses, because it can be applied to all of these situations, depending upon what I'm mentioning. So the first one, Are you satisfied with your professional accomplishments? That's a big one. 
Mm-hmm. If you are in a position now and you're working for a mid to large size company where you feel as if you've received the promotions you felt that you were entitled to, received the raises that you thought you were entitled to, um, were challenged enough in your job, were given increased levels of responsibility, were given teams to lead, that would lead you to believe that you have gone pretty far in your career and perhaps you may want to leave on a high note. Mm-hmm. Then there could be a situation where you feel as if uh, there's really nothing else for me to do here. I'm not being as challenged as much. I don't necessarily feel as if I um, received the promotions that I thought I was entitled to. Maybe it's time for me to leave in that respect also. So that is what I would consider. Uh, a decision, a decision to retire. Right. And even if you have your own business, uh, maybe you have scaled it to a point where you don't feel that you could really grow it anymore, or maybe you don't want to grow it anymore, or maybe it's time for you to turn it over to somebody else. And you were thinking about that. That could be your decision to leave or your decision to retire. That would be um, a signal for me. Uh, my signals really were the fact that I was seeing a lot of people who I had started working with 28, 29 years before were announcing their intent to leave. The, um, the retail landscape was changing. I had wanted to leave on a high note. I mm-hmm. felt that I had accomplished everything that I had wanted to do. I had actually received um, the Star Award for team leadership, and I had managed several teams. And I said, this is great. The timing is great. It's time for me to take everything I've learned and move on. So that really prompted my decision to leave. Okay. The second one is, have you fact-checked information that could impact your benefits and entitlements? In a mid to large size organization, this is really key. What I usually tell people to do is, if they are working for that sized organization, a lot of times what you are entitled to is based upon your years of service. And it's important that you constantly validate that information in as many systems as you can find or that you know about within an organization to make sure that all of the information aligns. What you don't want to have is you're walking out the door when you think that you've been someplace for 30 years and it turns out that the records only say you've been there for 27 then it's too late. And as far as if you have your own business, um, are there certain aspects of the business that require follow-up or checking that you have to make sure of are correct as well? That's something, again, before you sell a business or you decide to get out of a business, what is it that you have to check to make sure is correct? Right. I and think I think, but before we go on, I just want to underline that those are really important points because a lot of times you think you know and, and you don't know. There are a lot of technical things you know, in one in one of my cases, I, I was aware of when I was leaving, um, you know, what my entitlements were leaving. In the other case, I decided to leave fairly quickly and not realizing it would take some time to unravel what I was entitled to. So you have to sort of leave enough time to work with the administrative structure, whatever the organization is, to really find out this stuff. So good thing to really be aware of. I think that most people believe that there are other people in other departments that handle this kind of stuff. (laughs) And when it comes right down to it, you're the person who's responsible for you. So you're the one that really has to make sure that it gets handled because once you've left, um, there's nothing much else that you can do if it's not correct. Right. 
The third point is, do you have a point person to speak with after you leave either, you know, your employment at a company or even your own business? Suppose something comes up after you leave a mid to large size company, you need to speak with someone. You know, it's very difficult sometimes to get back into an organization and find someone to speak with if you haven't made arrangements for or have, you know, made the connections beforehand. So whatever situation you're leaving, whether it's your own business or another organization, make sure that there is someone that you can speak with, you know, two or three months out, just in case there are any loose ends. Very important. Right. What career and life skills and talents can you leverage in retirement? This is the fourth point. And this is one that I come back to because this is what will really start to bring you that happiness and fulfillment that we were talking about earlier. You know, for me, my forte or areas of expertise were in operations process and analytics. So I redirected those now. I can do presentations. I've organized a roadmap because I'm very procedurally oriented. I've done part-time teaching in math because I enjoyed analytics. Um, If you, again, if you own your own business, maybe you own a restaurant and you're a chef, maybe you're a great cook. A lot of people are now launching online classes to teach what they know. Maybe you could teach a class about cooking online. There were so many things that you can think about. You know, sometimes you just have to sit down at a PC or sit down with a, you know, a pen and a piece of paper and just start to write all of this down. Um, I would suggest that it isn't a bad idea to keep a running list of the skills and talents that you acquire along the way because they're always changing and you can always add to the list and you would be amazed at um, what you can come up with to do after you leave based on everything you've learned beforehand. Exactly. Number five is what could your social network look like in retirement, which is something that we've been talking about. Again, very important. Um, Who are the people that you're going to associate with after you leave? Are you still going to maintain some of the contacts you had at the workplace um, when you're out of it? Are you going to try to go online with these different online social groups and meet new people based on your interests? if you want to be concerned about health and wellness, are you going to join one of those groups and maybe do walking challenges? Those are things that will um, affect your social network and, again, bring you happiness and fulfillment in retirement because you will have other people to associate with who have interests that are as similar as yours. And number six and number seven, does all of this seem a bit overwhelming and could you use some assistance in accomplishing all of it? Mm-hmm. That's the reason I decided to become a retirement journey advocate to advocate for those people and to help those people create their unique roadmap because there's a lot to consider. And at the end of all of this, if the um, intent, you know, the decision to leave, the administrative and procedural process and the emotional and social, if there is a process involved with all of this and all of the steps are completed, you can really have peace of mind and feel pretty secure that you will be entering in retirement in a very, very positive way and on a very, on a very positive note. Right. Great. Now, as you leave, uh, some of the conversations you have are are naturally with your family and friends. Uh, So uh, how do you engage your, your, especially your family? Because I often, it's your spouse. These are interesting conversations about when one retires and the other does not necessarily, or, or how to combine retirements. What sort of uh, constructive conversations should you have with family and friends as you make the transition? Well, I think that, first of all, 
the situation involving you and your spouse, um, as an example, um, I was the one with always the uh, much more hectic schedule than my mm-hmm. husband. So he was the one that was much more um, in the house at home, taking care of things at home. And I was the one uh, who was always coming home late, uh, was usually <laughs> traveling and not around very much. But he understood that when I was planning to leave my job, I wasn't just going to be sitting around doing nothing right? because that's not my personality. So Definitely I think not. You, <laughs> so I think when you have those initial conversations, you need to have conversations with family and friends who, number one, truly understand your personality and understand um, what your strengths and opportunities are so that they can give you constructive feedback. Um, I spoke to my husband about this and he knew right off the bat, as I said, that I was going to do something. Ultimately, I had to figure out what that was, but he knew I wasn't just going to be sitting at home. I also received constructive feedback from people that I worked with and people who were friends of mine. And I would also give the same advice to everyone else. You would be amazed at what people you work with see in you that you don't necessarily see. Hmm. And they can give you a lot of positive feedback. And I actually work with some people, you know, in order to formulate what I'm doing now based on the fact that they really were able to see my strengths and opportunities even more clearly than I was. Um, The same with family. Um, One of my family members said to me, we knew that you weren't just going to be sitting around. We knew that you were going to do something. So I think for the most part, most of the people who are in your close circle know you pretty well. But I would just say that when you ask people for feedback, make sure that the feedback they give you is constructive and try to stay away from people who are going to be more critiquing and complaining because that's not (laughs) going to really provide you with the incentive that you're going to need. If you get that constructive feedback from people, it will really go a long way in helping you formulate what it is that you're going to be doing because it definitely helped me. Right, right. Yeah, I think that, you know, a lot of uh, conversations uh, are happening today that maybe didn't happen 15 or 20 years ago uh, when you didn't have as many uh, working couples. Mm-hmm. But I think this, this just does become a, something of, of um, you know, interest and in, imperative that you actually talk it through. Because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of couples I know, one is retiring, the other doesn't. And how do you, you know, mesh your lifestyles and what your expectations are? So I think these are important conversations to have. Um, now, uh, one of the other things that, that has come up, and uh, we may talk about this more on the other side of the break, but um, is along those lines of, okay, if you're retiring, you know, the initial thought is, boy, I've got all this time to do, you know, to think about and do things. And um, um, so the first thing that comes up for, is some people talk about, do I need a break? And uh, so what, often that's not a bad idea, but what sort of break do, do you think is, is helpful? I think that a two-month break is reasonable mm-hmm. after you, especially after you're working for a long period of time, to kind of you know gather your wits about you, so to speak, um, kind of refresh yourself. You know, you you're going to be entering in something that's very new and very very different. It's a time for you also, I think, to also. Um, rethink some of the goals and continue thinking about what it is that you want to do if you haven't really completed that. That isn't a bad thing to do. 
um, one of the areas that you can be thinking about at this break time is you're now going to have a lot more flexible time than you had before. Right. And one thing that is key to think about is what is your most productive time of the day? I'm a morning person. I get up very early, but at about 1030, that's it. I'm, I'm out because I, I'm used to that schedule. And it's interesting because that was pretty much the schedule I kept when I was working and I haven't changed it much. So if you take this two month break, you know, start to think about now that I'm going to have more of this time, how do I want to fill my day? What are my goals going to be? You know, do I want to do something that has to do again with health and wellness? Do I want to volunteer? Right. Do I want, you know, things of that nature? Do I want to learn something? Yeah. So let's hold that thought. We're going to take another quick break, Uh, but there's much more to come with Leah Frankel. So folks don't go anywhere. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Do you want to hear a show about football? How about football moms? What if we told you that was just a start? Tune in for Double Down with Garrett and Mack. Audrey Garrett and Jeracy Mack are moms to some well-known NFL players. Sure, they'll talk football and raising their kids to achieve greatness, but they'll also talk about community and world issues, motherhood, news, and lifestyle topics. Listen in every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England, along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week, and each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. You're listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Roel or his guest on the program, please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward. Welcome back, folks. We're talking today with Leah Frankel, a retirement journey advocate. Um, before the break, we were just talking about one of the adjustments we need to make as we go into this uh, period of life, which is really taking control of your own schedule. And usually uh, it's a much more flexible schedule that you need to take charge of. So, you know, I found that myself that that was uh, an important adjustment for me going from a newspaper environment, which you were very structured every day to put out a daily paper to doing creating your own schedule and your own time. So um, how do you do that, Leah? What, what are the important things about, you know, keeping organized and figuring out how to work it? Well, first of all, as I mentioned before, think about when your most productive time of the day is. You know, is it earlier in the day? Um, is it a little bit later in the day? And, and start from there. Because if you want to do something that's a little a little bit more cerebral, let's just say that you want to, um, 
have a little bit of a side business or do something that will require a little bit more um, thought and attention. You're going to want to do that when you're most focused. That's a good way to start to think about this flexible time. If there's something that I want to do that's going to require more thought involved, do it when I'm the most productive. If that's the morning, that's fine. If you're more productive at 10 o'clock at night, well, um, God bless you, as they say, but um, you know, that's something that you have to, you have to decide. That's one way that you can think about how you're going to be filling your time. Uh, the other things you may want to think about are the following. Um, you know, instead of, uh, you know, starting a full-fledged business, maybe you just want to earn a little bit of extra money on the side. What talents and skills that you had before you uh, retired could you leverage in order to do that? That's another thing to think about. Uh, do you want to do some traveling? I know now in the era of COVID, people aren't necessarily uh, traveling that extensively, but maybe you want to do some more date type trips, uh, which are a lot easier to manage, may have a lot less crowds. And there are many, many places locally that you can look up online where you could certainly go for the day and enjoy a nice um, day, um, day outward with friends and family. The other thing people want to do, a lot of people talk about volunteering for a cause when they're mm -hmm. retiring. That becomes important because a lot of times uh, people didn't necessarily have the time to do that when they were working. And that's another thing that you can think about in terms of trying to decide how to spend your time. What did I want to do when I was working, but I never had the time to do that again, sit down you know, write this information down, it will go a long way to helping you how to, uh, how to spend that time. So do you want to volunteer for a cause that you're passionate about, whether it involves uh, people that are close to you or something that's much bigger, like uh, global warming or, mm -hmm. you know, the environment. Um, the other thing that seems to be very, very popular these days that I see online, if we want to go back for a second to traveling, if you may not necessarily want to travel in person, there are a lot of virtual travel tours that are online that are very, very interesting and can take you to some of the most exotic places. So the other part that you want to focus on, of course, is health and wellness. You right. always want to make time for that during the part of a week. So if you take into consideration everything I just mentioned, and you really sit down and figure out how all of that would affect you, that would probably take you through at least a year's worth of time, <laughs> um, without a doubt, uh, when you really start to sit down and think about this. But it takes a little bit of time and guidance uh, to think about it, but it will fill up um, a good portion of your days and weeks, and you'll definitely get a lot of enjoyment, happiness, and fulfillment from it. Right. Yeah, I think especially now that uh, that we're uh, whether we were working or retiring or thinking about it, uh, we spend a lot more time at home. I mean, that's been some something that's been uh, enforced on us by COVID, and certainly things are opening up. But I think you know that is a concern about you know your health and wellness at home. Uh, I, I myself experience this issue of you know. Well, what do you do for a living while you're sitting in front of a computer, mm -hmm. which is, you know, it's fine, but it's not fine for long periods of time. And I think I was listening to someone, um, a study a little while ago that said something like, if you're, if that is, if you really are working in front of the computer, most of the time, the most productive thing is to work in 52 minute integral in intervals and then take a 10 or 15 minute break and then mm -hmm. go back. And so I think that's a really critical thing that is taking those breaks and uh, as well as having more vigorous exercise, I think makes you productive. So I know that you yourself, you got more involved in, in doing 5K runs. Is that right? Yes. Um, exercise and health and wellness has really become a 
paramount um, initiative and concern for me. And not only is it a concern, it's something that I really enjoy. Um, about five years ago, I met a very, very wonderful woman. I'm going to name her on um, the show because she's terrific. Her name is Constance Carroll, and she is my running trainer mm -hmm. in Long Island. And she trained me to run 5Ks. And because of her and with her help, I have run at least two 5K races um, for the past several years. And I've enjoyed every moment of them. And in this COVID environment, one of the benefits that I have uh, seen or that I've experienced is if you are not comfortable running in a group of people, which I am not yet comfortable with, you can now run virtual races all over the country. Wow. And as a matter of fact, a few weeks ago in the summer, I ran a virtual race for America's vet dogs, um, mm -hmm. for dogs that help first responders and people in the military uh, with PTSD. So I ran I ran for a cause, which, you know, most races are usually to uh, benefit some kind of philanthropic cause or charity. So you can run virtually. I also have a gym that I participate in virtual yoga classes on. Um, instead of going into the gym, I have a virtual yoga class. I just turn it on and work out in the comfort of my own home. Um, I've done local walking challenges. I have a treadmill downstairs. Uh, so health and wellness has really become a top of mind for me. And not only is it necessary, it's something that I really enjoy and I highly recommend. Right. Highly so, recommend. Right. So when you do these virtual races, are, are you actually you're, you're running, but not with other contestants and then you sort of report your time or how does that work? Um, I'm actually running with my trainer. I'm running with Constance. We okay. have run in a local park. And what we do is there are online um, applications where you submit your results, you know, through that. And, you know, you get credit, so to speak, for it that, you know, that you've run the race. And I have done several of them uh, during COVID. And they're, they're terrific because you're really running uh, pretty much, you know, with yourself or maybe one or two other people, you're not running necessarily in a crowd of 2000 people or something like that. And um, it's very, very satisfying. You feel like you've accomplished something, but you've done it in a much safer environment. Um, something that I would highly recommend if people do want to run or something like that, but they're still not quite comfortable running, you know, in a crowd of people. Right. Right. So we have we have a little bit more time left here, but, uh, but I just want to make sure but before we uh, uh, finish the show that we talk a little bit about uh, specifically how people can work with you. What sort of uh, services do you have, programs, webinars, et cetera? Oh, OK. Uh, what I'm going to be doing in the fourth quarter of this year is I am going to be launching an online course, mm -hmm. which is going to target specifically the three steps that we spoke about today in the roadmap. Um, from the workplace to retirement, which would be the decision to retire, your administrative and procedural aspect, and the social, emotional, and identity aspect. So if people are interested in taking those classes, um, they can contact me. Um, I think you'll probably give them the email in, in a few minutes. They can contact me through email, and I will have more definitive information on that um, in the next few weeks, and they can take one, two, or three of the classes. And I will also be uh, launching a podcast in the fourth quarter of this year, and I will be uh, looking for guests who have leveraged their 
life skills and professional skills, talents, and passions from their workplace into retirement, because I think that information would be very, very interesting for people who have retirement on the horizon, as well as for people who are already in retirement and who are not quite yet sure of what to do. And I think they will find that information very, um, very helpful as well. So those are the two initiatives that I am hoping to um, complete and have up and running in the fourth quarter of this year with more to come in 2022. Great, great. Now you already, so you'll be doing, you've done a lot of presentations and you're, you've, you're teaching as well. What, um, so are, the, the courses that you're teaching, are they for younger students as well? Um, I taught um, math last year. I, okay. taught, I taught Common Core Math. Now, the interesting part about this is Common Core Math is not a math that I learned when I was growing up. Okay. So what did I do? I took the skills and talents that I learned when I was working, which was intense concentration and my love for math, and I taught myself Common Core Math. I taught a fifth grade math class for um, four months. I gave them exams, worksheets, I had parent conferences, and I did report cards. It was a very interesting experience and a gratifying one because, again, I was using my success to help others, and it was like a whole new adventure for me. Right. It was really exercising my mind, which is something people are concerned people are concerned about cognitive decline as they get older. I'm in a position now where I want to be exercising my mind every day and teaching math to fifth grade students is probably one of the best ways I can think <laughs> of to exercise anyone's mind. So can, that was really a bonus. I hear that. I hear that. Yeah, certainly they that's one of the um things that they say you you want to keep yourself sharp mm -hmm. into old age uh, do cognitive uh, exercises that are really challenging you know i mean nothing wrong with sudoku mm -hmm. and crossword puzzles but take on something that's you know so totally different you haven't done for years or or, or ever so um you know math languages these sort of uh, cumulative skills um, are really uh, terrific mm -hmm. um so um uh what so one last thing I wanted to ask you is really about, uh, you know, what are some of the takeaways that you might not have expected? Are there things that that you've learned that you would have done over or differently uh, from your uh, your experience in this transition? I think that one thing I would have probably done over was perhaps even started earlier on trying to formulate my network. And I don't know if this would have been possible, but I think if I would have been able to research earlier on what was involved in starting up my business, that would have been very beneficial. I have learned a lot along the way, and I've done most of the teaching myself, but I didn't realize how complex it is to start your own business. Mm -hmm. And um, if I would have probably solidified that decision earlier, I probably would have done the research a little bit earlier to see exactly um, what I needed to do. But on the positive side, it's been such an interesting ride for me, and I've learned so much. Um, at the end of it all, I'm okay with it. You know, right. I'm okay with it. So yeah. um, those would have been the two things that I probably would have done a little bit differently. Yeah, I think uh, part of it is just also having some resilience to realize, as you said, it's complicated and you're going to inevitably make some missteps, whether mm -hmm. they're mistakes or not. They're just right. like, oh, mm -hmm. you're going to do a little zigging and zagging and, and that's okay. I mean, one of the things I learned uh, when I left uh, 
the first time around is um, uh, my at my newsday job is sometimes you just need you may not be quite prepared, but you, the, the decision needs to be made. And sometimes you, you need to make a leap <laughs> as you've decided and and, um, and then sort of, you know, OK, plan as much as you can, but then then go with it, because I think I think the time sometimes you realize that timing is what you the time of your life is what you have. That's really what you have to spend most wisely. So, you may not have all all of the um, the financials in place, but if you're working on it, then you know sometimes this is the time to make the leap. So, I think that's critical. Um, so, I just want to ask people, uh, you know, let people know uh, if they want to get in touch with you. What's the best way to do that? Uh, the best way to get in touch with me is by email, um, which is Ruth Leah Frankel. R-U-T-H-L-E-A-H-F-R-A-N-K-E-L at gmail.com. That's the fastest and the easiest way, and that will get to me the fastest. Oh, great. Okay. Well, as we mentioned before, there's a lot more to talk about. There are uh, one of the things that uh, that you've mentioned to me is some of your mantras, uh, which I just want to leave people mm-hmm. with, which is uh, be respectful of everyone, show appreciation to people who help you, and use your success to help others. Those are three things that you've mentioned to me I think are worth repeating for people. So um, once again, folks, uh, I want to thank Leah for a very uh, interesting and uh, invigorating conversation. Uh, tell your friends if they missed my conversation with her today, they can still listen to it. It's a podcast on voiceamerica.com. Just search for my show, 45 Forward. You can find it on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or go to my website, worldresources.com, and click on the 45 Forward tab. So folks, um, uh Be sure to join me next Monday as well, 12 noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time, when I'll be talking with Scott Fulton, who is a nationally known longevity authority and health and age advocate, who is also chair of the National Aging Place Council and brings an uncommon mindset to public health and aging issues. So until then, folks, keep moving forward, 45 forward. Thank you for tuning in to 45 Forward. Please join your host, Ron Roel, for another great show next Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We wish you a great week. <laughs>